Watson. I'm a working medium, spiritualist minister, certified spiritual life coach, and mentor. My goal is to help support today's modern mediums and spiritual seekers in making strong connections with their own spirit and spirit helpers. I will share all I know about mediumship development and spirituality. I invite you to join me on this journey. Right, everybody, welcome to the live Q&A. So as I was mentioning earlier, this is a live Q&A where you can ask questions about mediumship, mediumship development, spirituality, the afterlife. Perhaps maybe you have a paranormal experience that you have questions about. This is a safe space for you to post those questions. And hopefully I'll have an answer for you. I know that I did get a lot of questions. Is there anybody that wanted to start off today? Okay, Tiffany, we'll start with you, and then Jan will go to you. Tiffany, if I could ask you to unmute, love. I was just wondering, um, like, when someone passes, how, like, is there usually a time frame if you were to get a reading, like, for them to come through? Like, or is there, like, too early, you know, like, to get a reading? And okay. you may not hear from that person? Good question. So... From my experience, I have had people come through, so a spirit communicator come through in a private reading as early as 12 hours after their passing. And this actually happened about maybe two months ago. I had a lady who had booked a private reading. We get into the session. She says, I almost canceled. So why? She said, oh, I just had something really difficult happen, but she wasn't going to tell me. So, okay, no problem. I don't press. So we start going into the communication and I bring through her mother. Her mother had literally just passed 12 hours to the minute and she had pre-booked the reading months before she knew her mom was sick, months before she knew there was going to be a departure. And I just think, wow, wow, isn't that incredible? And she was so grateful that her mom was able to come through and give a contact. I've also had clients where they've come to me and their loved one has passed within days and they've come through. I've also had other private readings where clients will still be very much in the depths of the grieving process looking for contact with their loved one. And it's been several months, even a year, and that person hasn't come through. So then that poses the question, why? Well, if we look at it this way, each person that is in the spirit world is still a person. They have left the earth plane and they are getting settled and adjusted in their new life and their new environment. There are some people who are so grateful to pass that they don't ever want to come back to the earth plane. Riva Durchi, I did my time. I'm out of here. And I've actually asked my guides when I'm working, I go, this individual really would like to connect with so-and-so. They, they send their love, but no, they're good. They don't want to come through. I go, what? There's all of these variables and people go, well, why? Because we got to remember too that the spirit 
is an intelligence. They still have a personality. They have let go of their physical form, but still maintain their character. I personally recommend waiting four to six months before having a private sitting. Why? Because there's several, there's several layers to that, Tiffany. So I'm going to delve into that. First, it's going to give you time to work through some of those early stages of the grading process. It could be very, very difficult in those first days and even those first couple of months after someone has passed to the spirit. And the depth and the intensity of the grief can be so strong that even if a spirit communicator were to come through and to let you know you're okay, sometimes the mind and the heart is in such distress that it doesn't, it's not able to fully grasp and I want to say appreciate for a lack of a better word. It's not the word, but that's the word I'm going to use. Appreciate the effort that it's taken for their loved one to come forward and the depth and the significance of that contact. People think you can just dial up a, a spirit, 1-900-DIAL-A-SPIRIT. And I always joke, but with all sincerity, there is no 1-900-DIAL-A-SPIRIT. If it was, it would make my job a lot easier, right? Um, it doesn't work that way and we can't just call them up whenever so when we have that that time to work through some of that grief we're in a better position mentally and emotionally and in some cases physically depending on how severe our grief is we can better receive that message and most importantly, the healing that comes through that communication. The other side to that is why I personally recommend waiting four to six months for a reading is it gives your loved one an opportunity to get settled and adjusted to the other side. If you have a loved one who has passed tragically, and we know there's all kinds of tragedies, suicide, murder, uh, accident, things like that. And I do get sessions where communicators who have experienced a departure in that manner have come through. What happens is, is it shocks the system. Now don't gasp. It's okay. There's people on the other side that take care of them. But imagine being pulled from the body very, very quickly. It takes time for our loved ones to get settled and adjusted on the other side particularly if there's a manner of death in that regard. And what should happen to our loved ones on the, on the other side if that were the case? There are halls of rest equivalent to like a hospital. But we know that there are not doctors and nurses that are treating physical bodies. They are treating the spiritual body, which is our true self, which is an expression of our physical self. But when we pass to the spirit, our physical body dies, but that soul, the essence of who we truly are, continues to exist and never dies. But yet it will require some healing. And there will be people equivalent to doctors and nurses that will administer the right healing balm and the right healing energies 
to help them get back to their optimum energy, energy level. Okay. Also too, when a loved one is coming through, they don't always know how to work through a medium. In other words, they're there, but they not quite under, they're not quite understanding how to work with the energy or how to convey an, a message or an image on the medium's mind for clairvoyance. Perhaps the medium is clairaudient, has clear hearing, but they're not sure how to convey that message. So there's all of these different components as to why I recommend waiting, because if we give spirit a bit of time to get settled and adjusted, just think about it this way. If you were to pack up your whole home and move across the other side of the world, it's going to take you a while to get settled and adjusted and kind of get into the swing of things. Same thing with the spirit world. And that time period allows them to get settled and also allows them the opportunity to receive guidance and support on how to work through a medium. Not everybody knows how to do it. And I can often tell within the first minute or two of a communication, the energy when someone's come through. And I may say to my client, has this individual come through before? And they're like, no. And I said, okay, but I work with them. So that way they can figure it out. So it's a learning experience too on the other side. Jan, I'll ask you to unmute. And what was your question? Yeah, I'm just wondering when people pass over, are there other options, like other places they can go, like other planets or other states of consciousness as opposed to uh, coming back to the earth plane? So good question. So I will answer that based on the information that I know at this time. So when we are a physical being and we experience physical death, our soul, that part of us that is timeless, ageless, and deathless, will move to the spirit realms. If we understand that the spirit realms are made up of different levels or different spheres, okay, different dimensions, and we can move through, people use that term ascension, we can ascend to these different realms based on our spiritual progress. How does one achieve spiritual progress on the other side? Or what is determined? How do we determine what the spiritual progress is once we get to the other side? Every single day that you are here, living, breathing, speaking, interacting with people, going about your day-to-day -day life, you are having life experiences there are lessons, there are opportunities for you to heal, to grow, to share, to be of service. And that helps develop your spiritual growth, develop your spiritual character. And we've all heard that term, like attracts like. So when the soul, that eternal part of us, has achieved a certain level of spiritual progression, now, you're not going to get graded on it. There's no A, there's no B, but there is a recognition of what you've accomplished here in the earth plane. You will move to a level in the spirit worlds or the spirit spheres that is of a like vibration. But there will be teachers and guides and inspires and evolved beings who will come to you should you desire that and will help your soul to continue learning. And if we think of, the earth as the classroom where we come to do all the heavy learning, 
for our soul. We can take those lessons, go back to the earth plane, but we continue that learning. And the more we learn, the more we ascend. Does that answer your question? Ask you to unmute, love. Uh, I'm just wondering, I've heard before that people can go to different planets, like live in not Earth necessarily, but go to different uh, states of being in other places. So what can happen is people in connection and group discussion or organization with their, with their council, their, their spirit guides, there's a council of individuals, you will decide amongst yourselves what soul lessons you wish to achieve in the next life. Through that discussion, through that soul blueprint, we can decide where we want to go. And that's where the arrangements would be made from there. But we would move to the spirit spheres first and a discussion and a plan or a soul blueprint would be prepared and then the necessary actions and choices and um, decisions, arrangements with respect to that would take place there from there. All right. Gagan, if I could ask you to unmute, please. Hello. Hi. Hi. Um, I wanted to know, have you ever had a scary experience while connecting with a spirit? And does mediumship take a toll on your body in the long run? Good question. Okay. So have I ever had a negative experience working with the spirit world, working mediumistically? I'm going to say no. But I have had some spirits that were just not nice. They have bad attitudes and they use some colorful language and they were not happy campers. Previous to my formal training and development as a medium, I have had encounters with what one would call negative entities. Based on my understanding, some of them would not have been human. Also based on my understanding, some of them would have displayed themselves as something unpleasant, but they were very much human. Just trying to give me a scare. What is important to know when you are working with the spirit world? There, they are people. And just like the earth plane, there are some people that are awesome and loving and they come through in that beautiful vibration of love. And then there's some that are still just cranky and they just are not nice. When one chooses to develop mediumship, we heal, we grow, we raise our vibration. And we no longer attract energies that are of a lower vibration. Again, let's go back to two natural laws, the law of vibration and the law of attraction. Where you are emotionally and energetically is what you're going to interact with, what you're going to come in contact with. Law of, vib- or law of attraction, what you send out comes back. Those two work in, in unison. But I do private readings five days a week. I do not come across negative energies. Some, I'll say, maybe a little rough around the edges because you use a little polishing, but... Um, 
No, no. I still, I just look at them too. They're people. And some of them still are in the healing stages or in their healing process on the other side. To answer your second question, does mediumship affect the physical body? Absolutely it does. So there are many organs that are used when we are working mediumistically. For example, the pancreas. The pancreas is an organ that is used a lot. Up until maybe 20 years ago, 30 years ago, most mediums were diabetic. When they would be working with the spirit world, it would put them into a diabetic state. And the spirit world has really been working, changing the way that they're working with us. So that doesn't happen as much. For myself, I go hypoglycemic. My sugar gets really, really low. So I usually have tea with some honey. I used to drink a lot of juice, but I don't actually like juice. I was doing it because it was a necessity. But it can affect you in that way. It is important as a medium to make sure that you are eating well, that you're getting good sleep, that you're doing all of those proper self-care things that we all talk about but seldom do. Because you're giving, you're giving, you're giving. And we need to make sure that we're filling up our cup. I've also, with respect to how the body changes, many mediums will find that certain things such as caffeine or alcohol or certain foods, which once was tolerated, no longer, they can no longer deal with it. For myself, I haven't been able to drink any alcohol and Lord knows I love a nice glass of white wine. And um, caffeine, because it doesn't react well with me. And I'm not opposed to that. Many people go, well, you're a medium. You shouldn't be drinking. You shouldn't have caffeine. Well, if I'm going to be working with the spirit world, of course, I'm not going to have a glass of wine before. But there's certainly nothing wrong with it after you're done working. You know, we don't mix our spirits, right? Don't be mixing your spirits when you're working with spirit. But for me, I'm so hypersensitive now, particularly in the last eight years, that I'm very, very careful about what I eat and what I ingest. Uh, caffeine, loved my coffee, loved Starbucks, but it was giving me palpitations and anxiety. So I had to stop drinking it. And I'm hoping one day my body levels out and I can drink it again. But yeah, there's all of these different things that people often don't talk about when we're developing mediumship, but absolutely it affects the physical body for sure. Good questions. Next question. When we go to spirit, are we in a sense perfect or without flaws? I don't think so because I don't think all of us are perfect. But how spirit sees us is through the eyes of love, unconditional love. So if we are to think about being a parent and you look at your kids and you go, Oh, you little monkey, you just put the cookie, you know, in the CD player, or you just dumped a jug of milk on the ground and you go, Oh my goodness. Oh, why are you doing this? You're driving me nuts. But man, I love you. I love you to the moon and back and some. There's that unconditional love, regardless of our imperfections. Even though we have a desire to be perfect, we still have imperfections. Spirit will still work with us. And they see us for who we truly are. But what they look at when we're doing this work with spirit is our intention. 
our why. Why are we doing this work? Is it to become popular, to make a lot of money, to become famous? Or is it because we want to serve the spirit world? We want to help bring healing to the earth plane. We want to help bring healing to those on the other side. They're going to look at your core beliefs and your intention, and that's what they look at. And I certainly, you know, I do this professionally. I'm an ordained spiritualist minister. I don't think I'm perfect. As a matter of fact, I know I'm not. But I think spirit knows the heart and knows our heart condition. And that's what matters most. Next question. Hi, Courtney. My question is twofold. Do mediums only pick up on human spirits who want to communicate or are there other spirit entities that connect? Okay, so I'll answer the first part. Are, do mediums pick up on other entities? Yes. I have picked up on different entities from different dimensions. There are galactic beings. There are reptilian beings. I pick up on, I get lots of animals that come through in my private readings. Are there ever any malicious or hostile beings? Sorry, are they ever malicious or hostile being? They are people that have left their bodies behind. I'm not sure what that means. I'll try to answer that. So there's some people, like I said earlier, they can have an unpleasant attitude. And some people may not agree with this, but based again on my own personal experience, this is how I share. There are some people, very, very rare, who do not come to terms with their physical death. In other words, they don't want to go to the spirit world. They want to stay on the earth plane. They have no intention of crossing over. And I have encountered those in my ministry training and have performed house clearings with other ministers at the church to help them realize that it's time to move on. And it's not appropriate to be causing any disruption to the people's homes or places of business that they're affecting. So yeah, there are some that can cannot be nice. And that's been my own experience. I've encountered some doing some house clearings. Yep, they're, they're definitely out there. Do spirits see the physical world as we do or rather feel or sense our world? Good question, Jessica. So the spirit world is going to look at our world in two aspects. They're going to look at it from the sense that they recognize that there is a physical aspect to our world. There is a denseness to our world and that they're very much aware of that. And how they're aware of that is the spirit world is at a higher vibration. So when a medium or a psychic is working, we're always raising our vibration, but a medium is going to raise their vibration so that they can attune themselves to the spirit world and be able to make contact with them. So when spirit is drawing close to the earth plane, they're going to become very, very quickly aware of the density or the heaviness of the earth plane. So they will see the physical world as we do based on energy. They're going to definitely be picking up on the emotions and the state of the world. If anybody take, takes a moment and looks on social media or goes on the news, you're going to see there's a lot of very difficult things going on, a lot of tragedy, a lot of disasters, a lot of 
disharmony on the earth plane. That has an energy, that has a frequency, that has a vibe, uh, like a vibration. And the spirit world is going to pick up on that. And often during those times, they will be sending extra healing to the earth plane that is needed. So they see the world, but they don't see it with physical eyes. They see it from a spiritual aspect. Chris, what happens to people who are considered evil, murder, theft, etc.? Is there justice or redemption for them? So really good question. So there are people who have committed heinous deeds. And if anybody takes a quick second, we can think some. Who is probably the most famous one we can think of? Hitler. He was one nasty dude, right? What will happen is there's, there's two sides to this. He is a, was a human, is a human who had physical death. His spirit is eternal. It will move to the spirit world, but because of the lack of spiritual progress and because of the evil and the terrible deeds that he did, he will be at a lower vibration. He certainly would not go to the same level or sphere that you or I would. There are several spheres in the spirit world. We first have the earth plane, which we all are at right now. The level that is closest to the earth plane is the astral plane. It is very dense and it is one that simulates the earth plane. So you get a lot of characters, people who have done murders and thefts, etc. They're going to go there. It is very dark. It is very gray. And, you know, I watched this TV show. My cousin got me on it and I was hooked. I just loved it. It was called Lucifer. It was on Netflix. And it was a dramedy. And uh, it was so funny. But Lucifer, obviously he played the devil. And there is some scenes there where it shows him in hell, where it's like ashes and it's very dark and gray and there's no light. That's where people like Hitler or Ted Bundy, people have done terrible things like that, John Gacy. That's where those dudes are going. So they are not going to be locked up. There is no, no judgment day. Like some would believe if we start to go back to, uh, religion okay particularly the catholic or the christian faith which i grew up in however the individual will do a life review and go back and look at what they did what they could have done differently should that soul decide that they want to can i say not make amends but heal and progress and elevate their soul awareness elevate their consciousness they can do that should they desire the right people, teachers, guides, more evolved soul beings will come and help them should that soul sincerely desire that. And as a spiritualist, part of our religion, we have seven principles. And one of them is eternal progress open to every soul. So every soul, our understanding is every soul is open to having that eternal progress, but because they have free will, they can decide, no, I'm good. I don't need to change. I like the way I am. Or they can say, Hey, you know what? I really screwed up and I want to do it different next time. I don't want to be this individual anymore. 
just because one releases from the physical is released from the physical body does not mean that their personality changes. They do not grow wings and they do not come become saints. That is work that they have to put in. So I hope that answers your question. Uh, Valerie, how did you get into mediumship and how did you determine that it was meant for you to do it professionally? Oh, honey, I could do a whole other show on that one. Um, how did I get into mediumship? Well, the long and short of it is I've been seeing spirits since I was three. I grew up in a Christian home. My parents were elders in the church and I was seeing spirit objective, excuse me, objectively. So what does that mean? I was seeing them just like I see you. I wasn't seeing them in my mind. I was seeing them solid. And it's just the way it was. Some of them were nice. Some of them were not nice. So um, yeah, some of them scared me and they just weren't pleasant. But my parents always thought that I was hearing from God or hearing from the angels. So they took what I said, believed it because things that I would tell them were happening uh, or would happen. They believed it. The source of it, they thought, was somebody else. I didn't know any different. I mean, what does a three- or four-year-old know? They don't. They just tell you what you get. But as life went on and things happened, I just could not deal with the spirit world. I was bombarded. It caused me anxiety, sleepless nights, stress. I couldn't cope, and I wanted nothing to do with these people. I also did not have any understanding about the spirit world. And mediumship. I didn't know what a medium was. I didn't know talking to spirit or talking to dead people was mediumship. I didn't know that. I just, it's the way it was. And I had nobody to talk to. I had no support. So I certainly wasn't going to get into anything that I didn't know nothing about. Fast forward. I had some friends that went to a spiritual center in Surrey, BC, because I'm in Canada. And my friends had told me about this spiritualist church. There was mediums on a stage, on a stage giving readings. I thought, this is nuts. You guys are crazy. You're purposely going to see these people. And here I've been running from the spirit world my whole life. You guys are nuts. Like straight out crazy. And then I kept hearing, then the voices started again. I'm like, oh my God, here we go. Courtney, you need to go. You need to go. You need to go. I never did ask my friends what the name of that place was. I didn't know if it was spiritual or spiritualist. I had no idea. And it took me about nine months. Yeah, almost nine months to the day. And uh, the voice got louder and louder. I thought, oh, God, okay. I always had strong intuition and I always listened to it. Uh, but at that time, I wasn't sure sometimes what was the voice of my soul, i.e. intuition, or what was the spirit world. I do know now it was the spirit world. But I went to this message night with a girlfriend and I had said to her first, Hey, I really think I got to go check this place out nine months later. And will you come with me? Oh, for sure. I've been there like three or four times. It's great. So what the hell you've been there? Oh yeah. She never told me. Maybe she just knew I'd be freaked out about it. So we went and the floodgates opened. I had this spirit man walk across the parking lot and I could see him following this mother and daughter. And he starts talking to me. I thought, Oh my God, I'm losing it. <laughs> here we go. They're back. Oh no. What am I going to do? And here I'm running from these people. And now they're, now they're following me. Now I'm seeing them. What the heck? So long story short, we get into the message night 
And this guy's still talking to me. He says, they're not getting a message tonight, but you're the one who's going to give it to them. They're not getting a message from the medium on the platform. It's going to be you. And I said, not a chance, bud, not happening. And the lady who was doing the message tonight, she was, she is an amazing medium. And she also does spirit portrait art. So she draws them. All of the people who got messages received a portrait, but there was one left. And I looked and I go, oh my God, it's the guy who's talking to me. So I was not having it. Anyways, I had some other crazy experiences, uh, paranormal experiences that happened at the center. And I left. I closed my eyes. I'm like, oh, this cannot be happening. So we left and the guy's still talking to me. And I said to my girlfriend, you're not going to believe this spirit's talking to me. And she goes, what? What do you mean a spirit's talking to you? I said, yeah, it's for this guy. This guy's here. So anyways, we crossed the street and I said, okay, if they, if they, it's a huge parking lot. If they go across the parking lot and go in the same direction as me, I'll give them the message. Well, they did. I was too scared. And then I said, if they're parked beside me on the same side, I was doing little tests, right? They park beside me. I'll give them the message. Not only were they parked beside me, they had the identical car. And she went click, click with the remote on the car. Car fired up. I got, oh my God. Okay, I have to give them the message. And I could hear so clear audiently and I could see clairvoyantly, but it was objective. He was solid. And I gave them the message. I gave an incredible amount of evidence to validate who in fact was communicating. And they said, that's who we came to see. That's exactly what we needed. We've been needing him and missing him and needing to hear from him. And I said, oh, by the way, portrait, there's a portrait left in the center there. We'll get that. That's him. And then I waited and they go, yep. And the lady goes, yep, that's my dad. And the young girl goes, yeah, that's my grandpa. And I go, wow, the healing that it brought was so undeniable, so tangible. I knew that I could no longer run from it. And I knew that that was it. There was a reason why I had all of these abilities. Now, the quest was, I need to learn. I need to understand it. And I certainly was not going to start working with the spirit world until I had some formal training. And so under the spiritualist church, I received my formal training. And it has been the most amazing, wonderful experience, challenging, difficult, heart-wrenching, amazing journey of my life. And I just couldn't imagine doing anything else. When you find what your purpose is in life, it gives you passion. And when you find your passion, it's just like, it doesn't matter how tired you are. If you had a rough day, it's like, I get to work with the spirit world. I get to be a voice for the spirit. I get to help bring through a contact. I get to help a loved one say their final words to their loved ones, to offer support and guidance. That is an honor and a privilege. And I never take that for granted, nor should anybody. Do spirit come through to you when you are in public or in a public setting? Oh, we've worked on that with the spirit world. <laughs> uh, there's several TV shows online. We see mediums going up to people in gas stations and grocery stores. Yeah, I was one of those for a very short period of time. Then I got formal training and I was taught how to become very disciplined in my, in my mediumship and how to establish boundaries with the spirit world. 
So one thing that I teach my students in classes and workshops and in my private mentorship is that just because you have abilities does not mean you need to be running around to every single person you see and linking in with the spirit world and giving a message. All right. Thank you. (laughs) Sorry, spirits give me some uh, little memories here. When we are working as a medium, it is a huge responsibility and a large undertaking. You are working with people who are so, so vulnerable. Some of them really are in the depths of grief and it is very, very difficult. And it it is hard. Being a medium is not an easy job. People go, I love giving messages. You got to develop thick skin because I don't know who cried more of me when I first started doing private readings, my clients or them. To be honest, it was heart-wrenching, especially when you've got kids, little kids, their parents bring them in and they lost their other parent. It's, it's not fun. It's hard work, but there's a purpose behind it. Um, knowing that the spirit world is an intelligence, knowing that the spirit world can see when a medium has a light within them, in other words, has these mediumistic potentials, they will often draw close and say, hey, oh, I know that. I know that Courtney is able to pick up on me on some level, either through seeing, hearing, or feeling, or knowing, and is going to be able to relay a message to my loved one here. I'm going to go in and say, Courtney, hit him up with a message. This is what I need to say. It used to happen. I swear it used to happen. It was exhausting being on all the time. It's not a good thing for mediums to do that. And I'll get into that in a second. So I know personally, I never gave random messages because I got into formal development right away. But think of it this way. You have just lost a loved one. Let's say within a couple of months, you have some random stranger that you've never met running up to you telling you, oh, I got a message from your loved one. I don't know about you, but that would freak the heck out of me. Number one, who are you? What do you want? How do you know this information? And why are you doing it here? Sometimes people can be so eager to serve the world of spirit that they neglect the responsibilities that come with this office of work that we do. Just because the spirit world is ready to give a communication does not mean that the recipient, in other words, the person getting the message, is in the right headspace, is in the right emotional state to receive the message. That medium could be doing far more harm than good. A medium should never, 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 Give a message to a person without their permission. So if I'm doing a private sitting, someone books through my website and they come online or they come to my home and we do a reading in my office, we can under, we can be pretty sure that they have given permission for me to start connecting with the spirit world and bring through information. But if I were to walk on the street take my dogs for a walk and I saw a spirit person with somebody, which sometimes I do. I am not 
I am not supposed to run up and say, hey, guess what? I see so-and-so with you and try to figure it all out. As mediums, we have to be responsible with our energy and we have to be responsible with the work that we do. Mediumship's all about healing. And to be honest, there's some people that are giving messages that don't know what they're doing. And they're causing far more harm than good. As mediums, we want to bring through pieces of information that defy logic. We want to bring through evidence. So what's evidence? Courtney uses that word all the time. What is she talking about? Characteristics, physical characteristics, size, shape. What physical conditions did they have? Did they pass from an aneurysm? Did they pass from Alzheimer's? Did they pass with uh, arrhythmia? Did they pass from kidney failure? Did they pass from, you know, lung cancer? Things like that. Names, dates, addresses. Those are important pieces of evidence. And then how did they come? Why did they come? Right? There's always a reason why spirit comes. One is to bring proof of survival. Two, to let their loved one know, hey, I'm good. Don't worry about me, honey. I am well. I am visiting you. Guess what I'm doing in the spirit world? Hey, guess what? Remember when you had that birthday party last week? I was there. And when you tried to blow out the candle, it wouldn't blow out. <laughs> it was my hand covering it. All kinds of stuff. Spirit brings through the most amazing stuff. Stop it. Stuff that I just marvel at because there's no way that little old me would ever know that. And I love it, right? And we also have to be really careful about how we share the information as a medium. How we share it is very, very important. We want to be compassionate. We want to be gentle with people. Remember, people are coming to you because they are in need. They're in pain. And it is our responsibility to bring what we can to them as far as information, evidence, proof of survival, and the love that still exists between the two worlds, between that loved one and their, and their loved one. So spirit can come through, but through discipline and formal training, we've learned I've learned and how many of my students have learned, I always say it's kind of like turning down the dial. So what does that mean? When we are attuning ourselves to work with the spirit world, we open up our mediumistic powers of awareness. So we become more sensitive to their energy as they draw close and into our space. When we're not working, we bring that awareness more closer into the physical body, into the physical realm. So it's more dense. We're not, can I say, out here? Because mediumship, we want to move our minds so we're more kind of out, out of our own way. We don't want to be thinking about things of the physical. We want to think about things more of the spiritual. So if you're thinking about grocery lists and walking the dog and the dishwasher you didn't unload or the pot you got to scrub or the bill you got to pay, that is keeping your mind in the physical. As a medium, we want to move our mind to the spiritual. But it's being disciplined and learning how to adjust our frequency and knowing when it is appropriate to be open to the spirit world and to convey a message and when it's not. Is anyone able to become a medium? So this is a question that gets asked a lot. Can anybody learn 
mediumship? Is everybody a medium? Are, are mediums born? Or are they made? I do believe that people are born a medium. I do believe that everybody can learn how to connect with the spirit world. Everybody can learn how to connect to the spirit world and communicate with them to varying degrees. For example, if someone were going to learn how to play a musical instrument, for example, maybe a violin or a piano, most people can learn how to, maybe not the violin, that seems really hard to me, but piano. Everybody can learn to play the piano, but not everybody is going to become a concert pianist. In the same way, everybody can learn how to make a contact with the spirit world, whether it's even just for their own loved ones. I only want to develop mediumship just so I can connect with my loved ones. That's it. I don't want to be a private. Courtney, I don't want to be a medium. I just want to learn how to connect, connect with my loved ones. You can do that. So, yeah, everyone can learn how to work mediumistically. But are mediums born or made? I think they're born. That answers your question. Now, that's not to discourage people from developing mediumship because everybody can benefit from mediumship. Everybody is going to lose someone at one point in their life and who doesn't want to be able to learn how to connect with your loved ones. I will say from personal experience, from somebody who's lost a child and grandparents that are very, very close, it can be difficult to connect with your own loved ones because again, it's bringing you back into the human mind as opposed to the spiritual mind. Does a spirit need to be remembered, known by someone on earth in order to connect through you? Good question. No. No. And I'll tell you why. <laughs> um, I have had so many private readings where people have come through that my client doesn't know who they are. Courtney, I don't know what you're talking about, who you're talking about, or why they're even here. And what I've learned from the spirit world is that you may have loved ones who you've never met. Let me rephrase that. You may have family members who you've never met, but because you were connected with that blood link, you're energetic, energetically connected to that individual. So when you were on the earth plane and you're going through something really, really difficult, that has a frequency and an energy, which we've already talked about. That goes out into the ethers out into the universe. The spirit world, your spirit team, your spirit family receive that frequency. And if they are able and willing to, they will draw close to offer you guidance, support, to offer strength, to help. And they will. And I always like to share from experiences. It's not about talking about myself, but I share what I know based on my experiences. So I did a private reading and these people came through and this is a, a fairly recent reading. And this lady comes to me and she just said, I'm open to talk to whomever. Perfect. I love that kind of client. Those are the, <laughs> I love it. And what happened was all of these people came through. And she goes, it really resonates. It kind of sounds familiar, but I don't know the name. Well, I go, Spirit, what are we doing here? What's going on? I start bringing through more evidence, more evidence. 
locations, places, events. She goes, oh, I know exactly what that is. What do you mean? And I, and I said to her, what do you, like, you know all this? Yeah. And I said, well, I'm going to tell you something. This individual is telling me they're from the 1700s. To be honest, I never had a spirit come through from the 1700s. So Courtney's mind kind of jumped in and, and thought, what's going on here? The mind gets in the way. It doesn't matter how long you've been doing it. She goes, Courtney, just been on Ancestry.com, doing the whole family tree, found out all of the information you've told me dated back to the 1700s. The names I'm not quite sure of. One of the names I think she said she could accept, but some of them she just couldn't. She goes, but I'm going to look at it and go, wow, something's going on here. Spirit. Why are you here? What do you wish to share? The information that came through was exactly what my client needed, exactly what she needed to hear. The spirit world is an intelligence. And if they can offer you any kind of support through whatever means or through whatever channel, whatever vessel, they're going to do it, provided you're open and receptive to that. So yeah, I get all kinds of people that come through, um, people that don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it's really interesting. It's so cool, this job. I just love it. What is your thoughts on near-death experiences when it comes to mediumship? Well, what I will share is that near-death experiences, they can cause a spiritual awakening, which can trigger mediumistic powers of awareness to unfold. In other words... The spirit has been touched and awakened and has a realization that there is more to life than what we see with our physical eyes, what we are aware of with our physical senses. And when that transition is made, when we're near death and coming back, something is altered within our vibration. And many people who have had near-death experiences will say there was nothing like it they've ever experienced and they want to help. They want to learn more. And many of them will seek out mediumship development to gain or glean a deeper insight to the afterlife because they have this realization, holy smokes, this ain't no fairy tale. This is not woo-woo. There actually is life after death. And mediumship doesn't cause NDEs, neither does NDEs. NDEs can trigger mediumistic powers of awareness, but it's then the responsibility of that individual to unfold them and to develop them. All right. Um, what I would say is in closing here, there is so many facets to mediumship, to life after death. And what one person's experiences are may be different than yours. And that's perfectly okay. If one person doesn't understand or cannot relate to what you've gone through, that's okay. If someone shares something with you and you go, whoa, I don't know what you're talking about. That sounds a little, little out there for me. I would ask you, I would encourage you to listen with compassion, with kindness and patience. Because having someone to listen 
someone to validate, someone to see you, if I can put it that way, can be very healing for that individual. And I will say, had I not received compassion, a listening ear, and patience, because tell I, I, oh, my poor mentor, I believe me, there was many times I was calling panicking. What the hell is going on here? I don't know what is going down. I don't know what I signed up for. Help me. And through just that patience and that compassion and that understanding and also connecting with like-minded people, appreciating that all of us have different experiences and that we're on this journey of life and spiritual exploration to learn more about ourselves and the other world and to learn more about others, kindness and compassion is key and it's needed and it's necessary. And just validating someone else's experience and go, okay, wow, can be life-changing. And I know if I had not had that, I don't know if I'd be here today, truthfully. In other words, I don't know if I would have been able to pursue this work. And when we open ourselves up to these spiritual realities, it's interesting how many people cross our paths. And they go, oh yeah, I have the same experience. Or, hey, I got a story to tell you. How many times have you had that happen? Right? It's neat. And there's something unifying about connecting with like-minded people. So... If you feel called to learn more about spirituality, read, connect with like-minded people, share your stories. Don't be afraid. Don't hide. That can make it more difficult for you than not. And what I would say to you is that wherever you are is exactly where you need to be. And when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. So keep your minds and your hearts open. And remember, whether you identify as a medium or not, there are a group of souls that are always close and always near, ready to support you, to guide you, to lead you to where you need to be, and to help reveal your soul's brightest potential. Many call them guides, inspirers, helpers, loved ones. The name doesn't matter. But it's knowing, having that knowledge that they're there for you. And just keep an eye out for them. Keep an ear. Keep an open heart. And you'll find, wow, you get all these little droplets from heaven every day once you open up the awareness. I really hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of The Connected Spirit. If you did please leave me a review and a rating wherever you're listening to this podcast. And if you do feel called to share this with your friends, thank you so much for tagging me on Instagram at Medium Courtney Dawson. It really helps to get the word out about this podcast so we can help more people just like you. If you're interested in a private reading or attending any one of my mentoring classes, workshops, or events, you can go to MediumCourtneyDawson.com or check me out on Instagram at Medium Courtney Dawson. Have a great day, guys.